Hey there, you are listening to the Arkia podcast. I am your host Utsav Kamboj and I am obsessed with helping students employees and entrepreneurs from architecture and design backgrounds navigate through their work life and achieve their goals. So today's episode is in conversation with Viram Shah, principal architect at Designy Dukan. I am so excited to share this episode with you. So let's dive in. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. So, uh, allow me to welcome architect Viram Shah. He is the principal architect at Designy Dukan, based in Ahmedabad, and he has set a new paradigm to how we perceive functionality and how we look at details in design. So, before we get into the questions, I want to ask you: How are you making the most of this work-from-home situation? Well, actually, we need this break, you know. Before this happened. Yeah. I was contemplating staying in one place and just reading because I'd been traveling for work, etc., etc. And yeah, it's been a good break, though. I think every architect deserves this break in a while, you know. Right. Yeah. Right, 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 right. So when we talk about graduating from college and having a clear direction to where we are head to, there's this uncertainty. We are exploring ourselves and we are kind of, you know, looking for something that feeds our soul and, you know. fulfills our purpose so what were the initial years for you like when you started oh i took a very long time to get out of college you know i was in college for 7 years it was by choice because um, i belong to a very small town in south gujarat called noxari a small parsi town very quiet and um, we all wanted to escape you know like because you know we've always grown up in a small town and you want to study for that so that's why i ended up in pune um So I think sixteen was when I left my hometown, you know, uh, and then I was in Ferguson for two years and then college. So uh, basically, there was no art, art, artistic background, you know. So once you're into architecture college, and when you start talking about art, you feel like you know where am I? You know, what are they talking about? Right. I remember my professor speaking about the importance of a wooden button on a kurta for ten minutes, you know. So I was like, what right, I can relate. Why? I can totally relate. Uh, <laughs> so, so it it took time, and and it re- I realized that you know this is something that I want to do, and that was the time when I uh, met uh, this professor of mine, very eminent architect in Pune called Girish Doshi. So it's very weird. He also had a very informal office. He worked out of his home, and um, so I would accompany him to his sites in my first, second years, etc. and i realized that you know this is going to take longer you know you're just not going to gather art by doing these things he said the same thing that you know spend time spend time in the library travel etc so it took time to get out of college and by the time i got out of college i did not even want to practice you know it was a very weird thing because you know then you become very inward looking like you feel like what is the point of a degree you know what is the point of all of this and what do i want to do next you know i remember i had a uh, these uh, notions of joining fti for art direction you know for some reason and i was working through college so luckily there was this project that was happening in amdavad that you we were working through my thesis and my parents had shifted here by then and uh, so i ended up coming here this actually this whole starting and the struggle is a very long uh, thing to talk about you know but i think it's a story it's personal and i think it's right. essential to know where you come from 
right so right. but i think that is something everybody needs to hear because even i had the same story i come from a small city and then when i mm-hmm. went out i didn't want to come back and i was kind of exploring it took me a couple of years to understand what is going on and where do i want to head mm-hmm. to and what my calling mm-hmm. was yeah so i need a pure and then i said okay let's finish this one project and see what to do uh, then i met a lot of uh, different designers from different fields here uh there was a graphic designer there was an interior designer and said you're sitting uh, there's a hospital here called vs hospital so you have all these uh, shops the medicine shops you know and so in gujarati they have these boards davani dukan davani dukan davani dukan so you should sit there even you know, it was a very random thought where i said okay why don't we have a designer dukan you know, let's have a studio which practices different things you know because anyway there was no work that time so i said okay let's try hand it everything you know and uh, that's how the name came up no very, very surprisingly co- it's a very quirky name yeah <laughs> uh, very surprisingly uh, i finished that project and i ended up back in nowsari after all those years you know uh, because uh, you know this is the time where uh, you get these random requests from your relatives saying that you know i have this bathroom to do and i have this one room to do but we don't have a budget you know and like etc etc so i said okay let's not go that way you know let's not do let's not compromise on what you've learned but let's work on materials you know so i ended up in nowsari back and uh, my father used to restore antiques so nowsari is a dying parsi town and you get all these uh, beautiful uh, wooden furniture that would uh, come out of these broken down mansions and this used to be in the flea market my father used to collect it and we went to nowsari we started documenting these pieces that we had at home you know and there was a carpenter who was i think 2 years elder to me but he worked with my father for a very long time and i called him and i said ke you know that's you teach us these things you know so that was the time we learned the smallest things which are the most essential things that we miss out in college how do you count wood what is a cubic feet of how do you write the quantities of wood you know what kind of woods are available in the market locally you know? so we would go with him and he used to work in my backyard so we would sit with him the whole day working doing i said and we decided to do contemporary versions of uh, a few chairs um, and we were just killing time because we were a group of 3 4 people my juniors all misfits from college who took a very long time to get out of college so we would sit there um sort of sit with him the whole day figure out how what joineries are how do you polish wood etc and then um so this is how we sort of started you know we had a lot of time to kill so we would be designing scooters etc and this is the time that uh, an eminent firm from surat called us and i was ignoring him for almost uh, almost 2 3 months you know vishal desai is there's a firm called angad very senior architect and he said you why don't you do this i said i don't really do furniture no i said okay uh, i'll do furniture but you know i'll do it context you give me a concept you know tell me what you need from me let me design it and execute we spoke about it you know i had no idea how we are going to go about it you know design is okay but the execution you do one or two pieces it's fine but how do you do this quantum of work so while we were designing those things in nowsari my partner at that time was looking for a workshop in ahmedabad you know as to some place where five six carpenters can sit and work together so that then we did two three projects then and uh, that time so we were doing like an extensive customization you know, where everything was designed for the client like you can put down their requirements anything that they wanted to add and i think that's how i saw design also it's very 
uh, user based you know you can't just i don't know i still can't randomly pick up things uh, without understanding what the client needs and um, so yeah, so that, so we got a lot of work that time from a lot of surat architects like uh, word of mouth you know from project to project and this is how it started and that time we also got this big architectural project that is still going on since 6 6 and a half years now but yeah those were the initial days and then eventually we realized that we can't work in isolation from a small town you know so we ended up back in amdavad and we lined up my balcony of five people working like a small compartment space you know so this is how it started right 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 in and, fact uh, the way you have created your office is also it's very casual it has this really great vibe to it you know uh, uh, everybody is working together and celebrating mm-hmm. design so how does this work in your office how does yeah, the typical uh, day look like in your office so in fact you know this um, like we worked in my balcony after a point we realized that we did not we needed more space you know because you're getting work it wasn't that bad and this i think i was around 28 or we realized that we need a bigger space and we have this now we have a campus but um, so there's a porch and we extend a part of the porch to where there was first office and this is when i turned 28 and i remember we like we wanted a proper space we would never imagine i could never imagine myself working in like a like a rented office space you know so we designed all the details there was a lot of brass work everything that we wanted to experiment on projects we experimented on us and i remember there was so much expense that went into it i think by the time i was 28 i had like 10000 rupees in my pocket you know? but you know there was this proud feeling that you know you have a space of your own you know where the client can come come sit on the desk and you can like say that you know this is mine that small piece of for your office that was and um, so yeah very informal and then we built this office this is my own office now which is like a small campus now i have i show the spaces later to be to correlate to it um but i forget your question i'm so sorry <laughs> how uh, does a typical uh, day in your office uh-huh, look yeah, like yeah. how do you so work no, i have <laughs> yeah, i have i have three entities that i have to take care of you know which is the workshop uh, the studio and my site uh, and we don't have office timings as such you know so uh, usually when and we are i am of that belief that you know if you have a project you work on it very meditatively and you finish it you know like you don't prolong project you know and plus with all the projects we do we do a lot of detail model very a lot of detailing that we do so the client knows what before the actual money is put in the project he knows what we are doing you know uh, and i make sure that i tell them that you accept this or you don't accept this or you tell me if you want changes but once we go on site and once my drawings are done you will not do changes and uh, as my role as a designer make sure that you see every single detail even the knob that's going to come that comes in before we put money into it you know so the right. back end of it when you execute a project becomes very easy you know you're not going and searching right. of what is available in the market right, uh, right so yeah so i usually my day starts at around 11 uh, i work in the night so i'm not a morning person and uh, <laughs> it depends it's uh, it's very subjective like sometimes i have to go to the site sometimes just thinking in the workshop it's very organic sometimes mm-hmm. because now we have doctor also working from here so my partner saloni has a few things that i have to do so she comes with me and i do it later so it's very erratic and usually the day just like you don't know when it's 12 o'clock in the night and you're just working but right. uh, that's the beauty of it you know, that you don't have decided like because you know i go to the site i don't have designated days to go to the site i go to the site as right. much as i want you know so i can't decide when it. i'm going when i'm going down yeah. 
right. so it's and that is the general nature of the studio it's very very organic hmm. and even even uh, you know this is i think something i want to say before you know we realized at the start we were a lot of uh, colleagues and friends working together and eventually as everyone grew up they had their priorities and so we have a very we had a very changing structure in office where we would change structures every 6 months people would leave and um, so i realized after a point that this is how it should be you know so now at this point i, al- I think it's almost like a finishing school you know where I, even if uh, say architects approach me for okay tell them that you know that i don't really know what i'm going to do in the next 6 months you know but we have this right now we have these smaller products we have architecture we have interior furniture so common experiences and understand how the business is done you know understand how the practices run so it could help you and i don't expect people to stick by anymore you know uh, also you know the the current scenario with uh, the younger lot is that um, uh, you know that whole shelf life of you know it's quick gratification you know people expect that they'll have their practice once they're out of college in the next 2 3 years but it doesn't work like that it takes a lot of time to have like this sustaining office as such anyways right. yeah. yeah yeah absolutely so from instinct to reality from deriving inspiration from art and vintage pieces to creating something which is dramatic but it's out of some really simple materials how do you go about creating a product or a furniture piece mm you know i usually refrain from interviews or lectures because i don't know how to sort of compartmentalize these this it's a life you know it's very personal like when people like when people ask me how how do we set up how do we go about it now it is so personal to everyone you know like i from the time that i joined design school to today everything is still a question to me you know like most times you know all the questions that you want to ask me i am asking myself you know or there is a too many answers for it you know so um, i i don't know but you know i always tell all the people that come here to look beyond design such you know don't don't just read design books and there's a, there is so much to understand you know there's music there's literature there's art and uh, and that is what i believe that you, know, you can't confine design to a scale you know what Absolutely. what the current um, uh scenario what the you know there's too much information there's so much information you just open your phone open the internet you see so many images and it's like an overload of things that you can't escape you know so just like when you design you put everything aside you know and you go back to your books you know so so because of so girish doshi worked with vidhi doshi who worked with corbusier so this whole modernist uh, uh background that i have that i still sort of uh, read about try to understand more so there is there are certain architects this bol marks was a brazilian architect this carlos carpa this roger anger who did or the way so you know i sit with these books and try to understand where they come from you know biographies you know you understand where they came from what they realized out of life and how it came into their work you know and these are times when there was no information available everything you built had to be original and these conversations i have uh, friends who are artists who are musicians we sit together we discuss things you know that how do you see your art and then uh, i think uh, sirish berin called it said these these terms there's a there's a tangible and there's a intangible you know uh, tangible is what you can create you know like if i'm doing a center table it's the material i use you know the feel of it now the intangible are the metaphors you know how do you create drama into it you know how do you create that imbalance how do you create imperfection so it's always when i seek to design the processes that i always 
look up to these things beyond design beyond architecture uh, that inspire you and there is no simple way to answer this you know and it i sit with a sketch i refine it and eventually i i so i have my uh, system of working is very different from what they teach in design schools you know i don't come from a technical to a uh, practical i'm always playful i mean practical sometimes you know and then i sit with my carpenter and my technician and then i tell them okay this is what i want to do how do you go about it so it's a dialogue they tell me that you know this is probably something that you can do the scale might change you might choose to use a bigger section and then i again go back to the drawing board and i sort of modify the design so i think a good designer would have a way out of everything like i think design so basically you also thing. discuss with the car, with your uh, carpenters as well while you're finalizing the design yeah, has to be has to be right. as long as 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 soon as we do a model or a sketch i call uh, my carpenter my i have a very uh, amazing carpenter he handles the workshop handles all my side and he never says no that is i tell him that you know uh, you don't say no you know, let's try let's figure things out you, know, you don't crazy like you don't cantilever etc but that dialogue you know we think that because we are the top of the pyramid we are architects that we know everything but we don't know anything and this is something you learn with time you know and it's good that we started learning carpentry more than learning design you know so today when i when he says ke sunny honey i was like this will happen you know it will happen let's try it so that dialogue is essential i think right right i think in fact you have a very huge team of carpenters as well Come yeah so uh, so it um, it is uh, because you know there's a side there's a workshop my deal with my carpenter is that uh, he manages the labor he manages the workshop and that is something so we when we started we set up a workshop on our own now uh, i think there's a question somewhere that written about which i want to talk about that you know a good craftsman is not a good contractor you know? Uh, right. my nowsai carpenter is a most brilliant craftsman but he would take days and days to finish things and it would be impossible to work with it within a time and he did all of my projects initially and our major worry was not the design not the details but just the carpenter people would run away so this control over carpenters you know so now with my current carpenter he manages if if you're doing a project in pune he set up everything he tell me that this how it's going to work i speak to the client and uh, i have i only insist with all my projects i don't do turnkey projects except for furniture but i always tell the uh, client that please let the carpenters be mine you know because it will be so much easier to for me to translate work that way so yeah i mean uh, it took some time but we've realized how this whole organization should work right right so when we talk about the co- commercial parameters of a prod of a project or a product one thing that is really the com- one popular question is how to price a product so what mm. parameters do you consider when you price a product or a furniture piece for yourself so you know i have never been into commercial production so before pod you know so before did that i i it was everything was sort of a project you know like a design project uh so in that sense i don't have to worry about the retail market and now now since you're doing retail i know that like if you give it to a shop uh, your 30% is going to go there you know so and otherwise for the pieces i do it's very subjective you know sometimes um, there is something which is artistically very strong you know which takes a lot of time you know so so that and it's also the client you know my my simple i i really don't know business as such you know but my principle is to not never go at a loss you know so but i think in in short if 
uh, in general, if you're talking about the market, uh, you have to say calculate the making costs. That is the material, the labor, etc. Uh, I think when you start out, you can consider say a 1.5 to 1.2 times profit as such, you know, like you know, on the making cost. And also, you add that 30. If you're going to retail, you add that 30 percent, you know. So you just make sure that you're getting enough out of it. Now, this is also a subject to mass production. I don't do mass production. I mean, if I'm doing mass production, my my margins or my profits could be lesser. But I'm catering to a larger sort of a scale. So that's a completely different game altogether. When you're doing niche products, or when you're doing products which are very laborious, you make sure that your profits are at least double. You know, so even if 30% goes, you have 70% left with yourself. So I think this this is very dependent on the kind of practice. Or the firm that I don't do only furniture, na. So my interior architecture basically are based on design fees, you know. So this is all very complex. Right. So even in when we talk about details and design, there's this uh, quirk and fun in the proportions. If, when we talk about your products or we talk about your furniture or design mm -hmm. details, so how did you uh, achieve that skill? Uh, like I said, you know, it's not gifted at anything. You know, it came from like this very normal uh, uh, town of bringing so you know we when i came across modernism like cobbies uh, always spoke about the model of the golden ratios you know and did a lot of research on that and when we used to sit and uh, do patterns initially we used to use the golden ratio and do those patterns and after a point it comes naturally you know it, it, i think um, a good way to go about it For anyone who sort of starting out is to see the masters, you know, see or analyze, uh, or just sketch out the same things again. I used to keep a diary in college where I would sketch out what I liked again in my diary, you know, from from that picture or something. So it develops that skill of drawing, sketching. I'm still not very like you know. I know people are gifted at sketching, but uh, my sketches are too scale. You know, there is when I give it to my office people to transfer to a CAD drawing or something, it's always too scale, and I tell them that. You it it will be correct, you know, and that's what you keep sketching. That is only way about it, I guess. Right, right. So when we talk about design development, what at what stage do you switch to softwares? At what stage? Uh, till what stage are you on sketching, and when do you switch to softwares? Uh, so all the first sketches are always uh, hand done. And uh, then, sort of, you know, so I always draw. I work. I, I sketch in two Ds, and I do an elevation because it it's easier for me to visualize the scales, the proportions. You know? And uh, then we sort of uh, I do a side elevation, you know, thinking that you know, if like there's a there's a there's a small core, and then we sort of dig into it and remove parts of it, etc. So I do all my sketches in two dimension. I do a plan. I do a elevation. I do a section. And then I tell them that okay, why don't you translate this into a Model, you know, to see how it works, and um, I think uh, as much as uh, sketching is important, this the three D visualization. It's very easy for the client to understand it. Uh, like you know, when you people say that you know that I uh, the client uh, after a point says doesn't like this and like that. Uh, you know, they change things when you're starting. But I say that you know, if you are good enough to translate your ideas to the client in whatever way necessary, if you find an artist you know, who's your client, then he might understand your sketch. You can do watercolor and show him. It might appeal to him so much more than a 3D. You know, he would tell, he would appreciate. Then you meet a normal middle class or middle class client, he would want to see how his going room is going to look. You know, he want to see where you're adding the colors, where the artwork might be. And I have realized that is 
essential so for every project we do we make sure that and also this clears out the point where the client comes later saying that oh, i did not know about this you know like you know i don't like this anymore but then you know that you you've seen this you know you've showed it to you and that's i think very helpful in that sense right right so a uh, few time uh, some time back you shared a post about your life at 33 no capitalism mm-hmm. and i think that is something that every one of us wants to hear because we have this societal pressure on ourselves mm-hmm. so how was your experience about this mm it actually sort of goes back uh, so you know when i came here to amdavad so uh, i took a long time to finish because you know i did not uh, know that my sort of my father had lost his job when i was through college and me and my sister so my father put us through college and we came here and there was like this uh, big sort of a loan on interest that he had taken to sort of get us through this and you know when you in college you're living your life you know i had like i was going to run away to orville or something i didn't want to be a part of the society you know you had that angst against everything that time and uh, so i came and uh, so this was the situation so so i said okay how do we settle this because with what i want to do i'm never going to go to sort of settle this you know because i don't have the business mind anyways you know so that is the time where we sold off a bunch of things that we had we sold off a pune house also which was like the place that me and my sister little grew up in and that is the time i told my father that you know no matter what we have as much you know we'll be happy about it so i am a clean slate you are a clean slate you do what you love you know no pressure i do what i love and uh, that's something that it took so long you know like i said just 28 i was with 10000 rupees in my account you know. and but uh, so there is a way to get out of like all the offices we have done we did when we had the money uh, we we always played safe and i remember my colleague viraj who was my junior call you tell me ki hum paise khatam ho rahe hain abhi kya karein abhi theek hai you know we we live a simpler life let's not eat out let's not buy clothes etc so it's uh, you analyze and assess where you stand you know it it doesn't require too much money to be happy you know it is something that we have learned you know So you assess where you stand. When you have, you spend. You know, you don't have, you don't spend. You know, so so that is in in the last, uh, I think five, six, and seven years. You know, this has been like a constant struggle. Now, at least the fact is that we put in money into these two offices, but that's our money. You know, there's nothing on rent or on loan. You know, and that's why that gives us a sense of freedom to practice as we want. You know, we refuse clients sometimes. You know, but why? This comes out of a very long. sort of a struggle to reach it you know but but at this point i feel so proud that i stuck to it you know that there was no you know usually what happens is you get out of college and you get a first class distinction and so you think that i have solved everything you know i need to have an office and i have friends and people who just set up offices you know uh, etc you know there's so much expenditure goes into doing these things you know but we were very 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 minimal about it when i couldn't employ people we used to do things ourselves even today we don't have pews or clocks we we clean the office ourselves we do what we have to and that the kind of it's almost become like a small community of people who are responsible for each other right so yeah and even in these times you know like currently uh, i think that might be the next question but the situation is going to be a little bad you know because a lot of my clients there is a market is down uh, industries down and there will be a certain recession that might come in the next 2 3 months you know where uh, people will not want to spend uh, and like you know i feel like this nuclear bunker of sorts that uh, 
had envisioned it it's very protective right now because i don't have too many employees we manage because we work around the clock and whatever uh, whoever stuck by to office i can support very easily so it feels proud it feels nice that at 33 you have a sustaining office and that is sort of beyond these things that um, happen in the world right 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 so uh given the current scenario what do you think are some important skills that an entrepreneur architect or designer needs to have to move forward i think uh, you know i have this uh, you know appreciate beauty i appreciate imperfection and i appreciate originality you know it's something you know i i have my phone i'm on my phone like so much and i see things i see these images and you know there are times that that i see something that's very original it might not be something that uh, appeals to my design aesthetic but it is the thought is original you know and uh, and that sort of creates this happiness in me you know that you know that and i think that's what uh, i think the younger lot should focus on that you develop a base you, know? you develop a base but you know you like like modernism you like to deconstruct things you like to uh, you like to convert your poetry into design etc but something that is not reference from the images that you see you know you know you you have when you when you put yourself out you do one chair you know you do say one table but you make sure that there is something very uh, original about it and i think right that that will count and people appreciate right. you have never gone for you never gone for publication you never no gone for award you know applied for it today or when i want to get things published i have to ask people about how to go about it you know and because people know us i can very politely ask them that uh, like would you publish it or would you want to publish it so yeah. that's what i think good work is always appreciated and it will take time it will take time and this is you know we are looking at this very small span where there is there is this calling from the world that's come to us you know that we need to slow down you know we need the world needs to breathe you know and i don't think that uh, it is it is something that we needed the world needed you know that uh, uh, that we need to slow down we need to appreciate things that are given to us and and i think we need to take this time to understand that you will not reach from like this point to this point of being a designer or being successful just like that you know it's going to take time and if you are going to it's meditative you know like why does why does it take so much time to become a visharad or to complete like a bharatnatyam course because it is meditative you know you are going through years and years of perfecting that one hand movement you know so these you know to think of it these are very small pockets that will happen as the world grows these things are going to happen but you may, you stick to that meditation you stick to creating good things in life and i think that is the only way to go about it and you figure things out on the way right? because yeah, you have that interest- goal you know yeah, yeah. Please, absolutely absolutely we have some interesting questions from the audience and the first one is something that even i wanted to ask you your idea behind creating dotto hmm so uh, like i said you know uh, we always i don't see design in terms of scale now right uh, saloni who's my partner dotto so she is a furniture designer i always say accessory designer but she always correct me she's a furniture designer at mit she had interned here and you know these uh, uh, the smallest design schools the furniture designs so they have this diploma project we have to go to a firm document furniture they're doing etc and put it out as a presentation so what we had done that time was that we had instead of just 
documenting furniture we've done a nice analysis of a few movies um art etc and then to find out those intangibles from that uh so this and then she'd work she was working somewhere for 3 years i think and then i said okay now let's uh, focus so with design you can have never had the time to actually sit down and put out all this you know these thoughts how where does design come from and i just we were just putting out things randomly and uh, so i said okay let's create uh, a research based sort of an offshoot you know so with dotto uh, we have never we not decide on the scale it will work at but we are going to give it time which i have not had because i have been working you know so we say you give it 6 months and you want to experiment with a material or a craftsman in some corner of india then i can fund people to actually go there understand the craft and see how you can sort of help them make a contemporary version of it you know so the first uh, collection was a little hurried because we started but it was the things that we had experimented you know wood and brass and how do you sort of deal with the smaller scales of it so dotto is more of a research based organization we don't still know what we are doing like you know said but uh, it 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 will have more time still. to develop things yes Yeah, still in the evolving phase, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Right. So uh, another question is, how do you combine wood with other materials and create an amazing design out of it? Your theory behind using materials. Yeah, I think uh, you know if you if you explore materials, it I think it takes at least a year or two to experiment with one material. You know, I still, uh, I you know we, even now we've been working with wood for a very long time since we started. but even now i feel like you know you could sort of bone it you could melt it you know you could uh, do so many different things with you know with it so uh, i don't know i mean i think it's a staple wood is a staple in it so uh, it's something that uh, ages well with time you know it has that texture it has that uh, sort of imperfection which appeals to me i think, I think the actual flavor comes yeah yeah sorry No, no, I no. think the actual flavor of that wooden furniture comes after a year or so, not in the beginning. Yeah, it is timeless. You know, I mean, these are all timeless materials. You know, before mm-hmm. now, I see wooden brass being used everywhere. You know, when we started, I think seven years back, I told I think my colleagues that you you mark my words, and all this is going to come back. And that's what you know, look at fashion now. It's all the nineties high waisted pants. Everything's coming back. You know, it's like, uh, and these are very timeless. These will this will never go out of style. it's just that as a designer how do you add art to it you know? how do you add art to simple materials and that's what we are doing right. we don't want to right. even when we do interior work we don't use ten finishes you know we don't clad walls with random things but you you see how you can experiment take three materials and use different sections different volumes different proportions to create something much more profound you know than the simplicity of the material right right Uh, how do you convince your clients about such elegant and simple designs for oh, that you have to always have a dialogue you know because uh, you know the clients always come and this is something people ask me the clients come with this preconceived notions of how the how should be uh, because interest uh, infected clients yes yes no no actually when you sit and you discuss what they want out of their house it will not even relate to their budgets Not the pictures that they come with, you know, because they're like, no, no, I need so much storage, you know, I need so much social. And also, I tell them that you know, you can tell me this dialogue, you know, of understanding the clients, you know, is essential. 
you have to there are so many random conversations that we had like you know there's a uh, it's an example uh, like we are doing this project here which was supposed to be completed which is stuck now so doing a normal mandir in a in a duplex it is the normal filigreed uh, shutters etc i realized that you know like the mandir if it's so essential to the client it has to be essential to me also in in the language of design that imagine it to be so you know i always uh, relate imperfections to god and i think uh, that is part of my own thing so we i did an ellipse as the mandir so for me to sort of translate to the client that and i tell them that you put every mandir every uh, statue and every picture as you want you know but the visual of it you let me decide you know because we are actually collaborating where you have hired me as a designer so my thoughts of god and your thoughts of god have to come together and create something which balances both you know? so while i'm talking about the imperfections we are deciding how much space will we need to sort of have a puja you know so they have these bigger pujas so we design these sort of ellipsoidal shutters that go in where the whole house could become like a place for a katha etc so you know the functional needs you will never be able to you can't tell a client that you can't not want this he wants it and you have to agree to it but as a designer you have to find out a way about it which sort of satisfies your visual aesthetics and whatever his needs are you know so it's a balance it's always a balance and i think every sensible client will will agree to the fact that okay you know you you have envisioned my house so i give you that much freedom to do what you want you know? right oh where do you derive your inspiration from like i said it's a very popular everything. question <laughs> well that's why i said it's a lifetime worth of studies i think look beyond look beyond um, look beyond design you know, look at read poetry you know read literature try to understand these uh, concepts you know, we read mythology i read a lot of mythology myself you now uh, and not just indian mythology norse mythology so now these are all metaphors you know like you know you, you look at ravan with the 10 heads you know and when you always when your children or grandmother told this story about ravan being the evil person but no you know he he knew so much that uh, you know that it was portrayed that uh, the very intangible concept of all knowing put into 10 heads you know it's a visual and it's an outline of a person who might be evil you know? so you analyze you you read these things you look at art you look at proportions look at this look at uh, uh, you know look at materials you know how does how do do things feel you know how how do you sort of what sense these are you know we had this uh, course in uh, design school called basic design the first two years and uh, i think that changed my life and still i'm always doing basic design because they used to make us do all these and it felt so stupid then you take a tracing paper and you take textures of different things in the house and you get it now that time you realize what what is stupidity you know like taking waste paper baskets and getting those textures on it and now you feel that you know that is exactly how you're putting that into practice so i think look be playful we don't think that you know too much you know every day mm. come up with a question how do i answer this you know how do i deal with this client you know how do i deal with something else how do you use my carpenter right that's a question um, that i ask what... myself also every day you know so okay <laughs> like i said okay. you know, i don't really have straight forward answers but anyway go on please right uh what are your thoughts on using italian and chinese material No, so uh, see, you cannot compartmentalize yourself into. Sorry, there are too many notions of these things that have come out because because it's there, you know. People read about it, handmade, 
home uh, home grown etc see uh, you know there is i think i have basa spoken very well about it in one of death of architecture that happened there is uh, there is nothing local you know we the world has right. progressed and it's something you accept you know uh, it's i'm not saying no to anything you know uh, there are there is a certain responsibility that we have you know like we we stopped using uh, plastic based materials like korean etc three four years back because my partner was very conscious now for me uh, there is a balance you know like i said you know i look at art you know if i have to achieve something or achieve a certain form there is a certain material that i need you know? and uh, for my my job as a designer is to be true to the material you know like you know if you you try and understand the uh, the properties of a material say if you're using italian stone it is soft you know Uh, there is a certain way that you can use it. You can't use it for dining tables, and I had problems when I use it for dining tables. So, it is understanding properties of every material that comes to you and making the best out of it. You can never confine yourself, and at least the younger lot, please don't confine yourself. Be responsible. I'm not saying don't be responsible. There is the world needs too much out of us, but uh, don't blindly sort of uh, confine yourself or compartmentalize yourself to something you know experiment you know experiment responsibly and i think that is it right right and what are your thoughts on using zero waste architecture and vertical structures i don't really understand the question vertical structures these are uh, vertical structures with I mean, increasing fsi i think I think those are very technical. Things. I'll probably have a different lecture about it sometimes, you know, uh, because right, right. yeah, these are like you know, I I think right now let's just focus on design and the practice of such things. Right. All right. So, um, how do you create a strong geometric language in your designs? So you know, I tell I think I've said this in a lecture that you know I tell the younger that you keep a diary. You know, you can deconstruct one form. into so many as you keep a small square diary and then you do a circle you know you draw a circle and then you say pattern out the circle add colors to it you know make it three dimensional what if you pull these forms out you know from one simple form you know a square or a circle you could create so many variations of it you know you could have something organic coming inside it could be a sort of a small study for yourself you know that how do you deconstruct these geometric forms into creating so many things and then you apply different materials on it you apply glass on it you apply you do etching on wood you etching on stone you do inlays on stone in a circle and you would be able to sort of and then you put in the and this is what you put a human figure next to it you know you put like a human figure next to this circle and you get a knob you know you put you slide on the human figure and you probably get something else you know so that scale is very relative to how you use it in design you know so interesting that you could just sort of it's like a imaginative exercise you know it we should draw uh we should draw when we were kids you know we used to draw random things you know the sky was some purple colored and the so you could still do that you know just do a circle and just deconstruct it maybe very interesting right what factors do you look at when you learn about any traditional art So, you know, uh, this is something that we want to do with Dotto also. That you, as a designer, see all these artisans, the knowledge comes from generation to generation. Huh? So they are taught to do things in a certain way, and they still do things in a certain way. And this is also very debatable, you know. So now, as a designer, I understand what the artisan does. You know, 
same things what what are the properties of the material what has he been doing and now i have that intellect you know i have studied design so i could probably push his work to the next level where he understands something more than what he learned from his father who learned from his father you know so that is my role as a designer to sort of appreciate and upgrade these uh, artisans that beautiful artisans and materials that we have in the in in our country you know right right and the last one is it's not a question people want to see your workspace and your cats my cats have run away one of our cats is with my colleague uh she is close by but uh, yeah i'll show my office though so i'm going to turn the camera now so you can probably so this is my space i'll just uh, it's a little messy because we have not had people around but so this is uh, where we do our meetings and that's where i sit on my desk which has currently become like the corona pad now for everyone uh, this is a small space for informal conversations this is my this is a project we're doing oh, few art yeah. pieces that's not to miss three these are gorgeous models yeah, yeah. then this is this is a mario miranda that i'm very proud of that i picked like right now in original that is uh, anirudh mehta based in bombay this is my friend shijan from bhopal so we have a small sort of a pantry here, which is very messy and uh, so we have a small space to rest on top so this is almost right. like uh, a small bungalow of ours so this is a space where people are working late they can just sort of crash here you know yeah it's pretty cozy <laughs> and uh, so this is my workspace and so a small library here with all our samples etc and my books so this is that right. space on top and how it looks i'll show you my other office which is the workspace so so that's my house and right. so this is the part that we sort of have converted into a small campus so this is a small gazebo that my parents use for tea etc where we sort of use inventors to work you have this sort of a green screen you're cutting us from all the mess outside right. so okay. this was the first uh, uh space that we had sort of done you know so we experimented with concrete and wood etc and yeah so this is one second so this is the workspace this is the workspace we have uh, the heads i think sit there we have this couch now another this is a sample library which is like a khazana for us So all those handles and woodwork, etc., comes here. Right. Uh, this is where I used to sit before. So now this, we experimented a lot with concrete, stakes, small handles, etc. That we done initially. We even sort of put these uh, wood. Is there? I think I lost. Ah, uh, in the middle, it it just kind of hanged. Yeah, it just kind yeah. of hanged. That's all. Yeah. So there's my Rosa serigraph that I cherish. Surya Namaskar. I had made a wall for that in the office. I bought it before. Right. And yeah, we have this small little. So where where did you buy that from? We have this. Uh, once again, get back to my office. Yeah, we, sure. We uh, have this gallery here called Archer. 
so they collect right. uh, serigraphs limited serigraphs out of autograph by the mm-hmm. architect uh, by the artists right hmm you're back yeah so uh, what i mean mm-hmm. to ask is did you tell you the story behind creating that piece of art that you just showed us no no that's by um, that's by raza uh, he's a very he i think passed away 3 4 years back but uh, he's one of those celebrated artists that we had you know so that's all that's a serigraph it's a screen print with his autograph and his uh, yeah. originals are in crores so that is too far off understood all right so uh, we'll take just a couple of more questions uh, how do you work with your uh, details is one of the questions from the people who are live with us okay uh, so every uh, project has a context you know every project has parameters that we set mm-hmm. so for furniture pieces it's a different scale you know where um, with all the so for example for the swings that we do you know so there is always a technical part of it you know there is like i said tangible tangible so this is where uh, i sit with all the technical technical people i sit with my carpenter i sit with uh, the fabricator and i ask them you know that we have to design a swing that rotates 360 degrees suppose so can we uh, have like two plates with bearing which will function etc so it's always a dialogue that uh, these these details are always a dialogue and otherwise in intangible terms you know you should if you see corbusier's work in detail you know so so that is what you need to understand that this man he would he, you know he's done like the whole of chandigarh the town plan and when you come down to the details the handles he still had the insight and the intent to sort of detail out every door also so there is there is a, it's it's like the human body you know you miss out on one part and it's, it's going to go to shambles you know so i think uh, right. it's from the larger picture to the smaller picture and it's very subtle sometimes when you're doing architecture you miss out on the smaller details you know but as a firm because we do furniture ourselves we don't miss the miss out on them because that's how we work you know hmm. people also want to know about your bike huh. handcrafted bike <laughs> Here and it's uh, it was a dream that uh, you know when that whole custom bike scene had come up when I was in college and I always had a bullet and after years I no one used it for a while and it was a thing to collect enough number of money and give it to someone who just make it from scratch and uh, I'm not going to go out again but I'll post pictures too. <laughs> Yes, please post pictures and please tag me. I'll share it with the audience as well. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, how do you uh, deal with creative block? Mm. You know, you should consider your creative blocks as the respite from design. I've never had creative blocks as such because you know I don't. I I just take that time where I can't design to read about something or listen to something or travel or or not to work. You know, it's okay to not work. it's okay to take a and some and you take a break ma- yeah mark my words uh, these ideas will come exactly out of these moments you know where you are not working you don't you know you'll push yourself to finishing something you know sometimes wake up in the night with ideas you know 
random this in fact this office i would come from the club every day and tell my colleague rohan that one i see there was a small uh, servants uh, this year this much only this much you know so i used to come and say every day that you know i see something happening here i see some random form here i do a sketch i do a section i told him you know why don't i try putting this in sketch up you know see you know what what will come out of it and it just happened you know so i don't think you have to consciously always think that you are like going to design things i think the best ideas will come out of not designing things right when you are giving time to yourself you're reading you're watching you're traveling or you're shopping or something like that yeah right the best design designs come uh, the best ideas come from that okay yeah. so all right i'll have just one last question this is interesting mm-hmm. where do you go on a holiday without telling anyone <laughs> who is this i'm not sure it's someone i know <laughs> I have realized this is that Dushan. Okay, Dushan is one of my clients, but I escape, you know. So I think this is what we had a very good rap. In fact, Dushan, this is a project I have posted about currently. The we did up his house. We had a very nice, warm uh, relationship, you know, because he understood everything. Like at the end of it, we knew how his mother would use the kitchen, because they were very religious, you know. So the mandir, so we had to understand how. do they do the puja in the mandir so we designed we organized the mandir in a way that it's easier for them to do the puja so these these are the things you know that uh, that you know their lifestyle you know so deshanda will answer that question to you personally though <laughs> <laughs> all right great we had a very amazing conversation today thank you so much for joining us here in this live session and thank you to everyone else also to jo- for joining us in this live conversation i was very excited about it and it was mm-hmm. it was great thank you so much for taking our time thank for you. this thank you yeah thank you thank bye. you guys thank you everyone bye bye, bye.